This is Photo BizX, episode number 464, and today we are talking Pinterest, and in particular, we are covering actionable tactics that you can use in your photography business on the Pinterest platform. Our special guest is a Pinterest expert and strategist from Simple Pin Media. Her name is Kate All, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are talking all things Pinterest today, and I have to say, this is one of those interviews where There didn't seem to be any introduction. We just jumped straight into it and it was tactics from the get-go with Kate. So there's going to be a ton of things that you'll be able to implement as a result of what Kate shares. So get ready for that one coming up in just a minute. And one thing, if you haven't used Pinterest in a long time, you might want to open it, have a look at it on your phone, on your desktop, so you can see a little of what I was seeing while I was recording that interview with Kate. And you may be as surprised as I was at just how beautiful the platform looks these days if you haven't been in there for a while I was really surprised and also what surprised me was the quality of photography that I was seeing on the platform it was pretty cool anyway we're going to get into that in just a minute if you didn't catch last week's episode with John Meadows from high-end headshots make sure you get back and have a listen to that one there were again a ton of takeaways no matter what genre you shoot you will be walking away from that interview with ideas on growing your own photography business. John was super generous with so many topics that we covered. And what was really cool, right after we finished recording or releasing last week's interview, I had an email from John who says that he just wrapped up a $70,000 plus month for April with his headshot photography business, which was higher than any past month for him. He's just going from strength to strength. And (laughs) if you do have a listen or you have heard that interview with John, you'll hear that he has some very, very lofty ambitions for his business. So get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't heard it. I know you'll love it. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Just before we jump into this interview with Kate, I posted a question, an idea in the PhotoBizX Premium Members Facebook group last week. I was floating the idea of a series of interviews, a series of episodes for later in the year, looking at where are they now, going back to interview photographers who featured on the show in the earlier years. Members inside the group gave a resounding yes. They love the idea. So what I am looking for is suggestions on who you would love to hear re-interviewed on the podcast. You could be a new listener. You could be a long-time listener. Maybe you've been going back through the archives. Was there an interview with a photographer that you heard that you would love to hear on the show again years later to hear what's changed, how they're going, if they're still in business, if business has grown, or perhaps they've even packed it all in and given photography away. 
I don't know. <laughs> so if you do have a suggestion for someone you'd like to hear re-interviewed on the podcast, let me know. Shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com or post inside the members Facebook group. Let me know your suggestions and I will start to put those interviews together for later in the year. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We are going to jump into this interview with Kate in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear all the tactics from Kate today. I am saving a portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what Kate shares in the first half of this interview and you'd like to access the full interview so you don't miss out any of these amazing actionable tips and tactics and ideas from Kate, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details on how you can get into that trial membership over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Over the years of recording interviews, Pinterest gets mentioned only once or twice each year, and it seems to quickly fall off the radar for photographers. Sure, you might be using Pinterest for yourself for inspiration to catalog looks, poses, and styles, and things that you love and might like to emulate in your photography. But what about utilizing the platform to actually attract and connect with potential clients? I'm hoping today's guest will provide some answers around the platform and convince us one way or the other if we should or shouldn't be investing our time and effort into Pinterest. And the great news is our guest is a Pinterest master. She's the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media, a Pinterest management and marketing company. And through her company's work with over 700 different Pinterest accounts, they take a data-driven approach to designing Pinterest strategies to help their clients and students find their perfect clients with Pinterest. She teaches simple, actionable Pinterest marketing strategies to help business owners through her website and podcast. I'm talking about Kate All, and I'm wrapped to say that she's with us now. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so with Pinterest, I mean, do you get that feeling that a lot of people sort of dabble with it, but don't use it to grow their business? Yes, a lot of them. And I think it has to do with the mystery behind how to use it. Some people will start using it for a couple of weeks and they feel pretty frustrated by it. And then they just give up because sometimes it's easier to use something like Instagram or TikTok, but they're really missing out on a good long-term opportunity to connect with people. So why do you think that is? You know, one of the things we tell people about Pinterest is that it is the outlier of the social media platforms, it's very much search and discovery. So when a user approaches the platform, they're really just thinking of themselves. They're looking to answer questions like the best poses for my wedding or how to prepare for a family photography event or branding. In fact, I use it a lot for that. And they're not really thinking about the photographer themselves. They're looking for somebody who matches them. Whereas when you use Instagram... You're really wanting to connect with that photographer. You want to follow them. So it's a very much different approach. In Pinterest, you're thinking about yourself. You're asking questions that really serve you. In Instagram, you're willing to follow someone and get consumed with their life. And so that's how we see it with that search and discovery and just being different overall. So when you approach the platform differently, then you get different types of results and different type of customers. Okay. So... <laughs> like you're an experienced Pinterest user. 
So, you know, once you're posting things, are you looking to open up a dialogue with potential clients? Like, can that happen on Pinterest or are you looking to get their interest and then take them to a different platform? Yeah. So we actually tell them that Pinterest users function in three stages. It's kind of this inspire, the aha moment, the inform, the get to know you, and then decide to choose to work with you. And Pinterest is heavy inspire. So they might see what you're doing and then come to your website and learn more. It's one of the really last platforms where people are primed to click off the platform, whereas Instagram and TikTok, they generally don't leave. So you're looking to connect with them, show that you can serve them in a certain way or with a need that they have. And then they usually come to your Pinterest profile and then they'll come to your website to learn more about you. Okay. So, so I understand what we're trying to do and what the user is doing. So the user will be looking through their Pinterest feed. Is that the right term? Yeah, that's correct. There's actually two things that the Pinterest user does. The first one is they look through their feed, which is called a smart feed. When you open up the app, it's just whatever's there. And then they search with intent using keywords and that's called a search feed. So they primarily function in those two places. Okay. So if I'm looking to hire, or if I'm thinking about some family photography for my family, I might go to Pinterest and would I search something like, you know, my location, family photography, or would I just search family photography in general? Like how specific would good clients generally be in Pinterest? Yeah. So we take top level first family photography, and then they might get a little more granular like family photography and then the location they'll start with a really big idea and they tend to start with this idea about six months before they take action on whether or not they decide to actually get family photographs. So it's kind of like they go to Pinterest, big idea, they're gathering a bunch of stuff and then they might get more granular as they get closer to when they're making a decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So I guess is my goal as the photographer then to pop up in their feed with because I've used the right keywords with my photos? Yes, correct. So how Pinterest works for the user is in that main smart feed, What they're trying to look at is what the user has been searching. So it could be family photography. It could even be that they've been saving photos or examples to a particular board or people they follow. So then when you utilize keywords on your pins or even on your boards or on your profile, that sends a signal to the algorithm, oh, this business over here talks about family photography in XYZ location. This user over here has just searched family photography XYZ location. So then they'll match up those pins that show up in their feed and it's not time-based. So this could have been something the business pinned six months ago, but now this Pinterest user is looking for it. So they match it up based on keywords and based on the interests of the end user on Pinterest. Okay. So is it only keywords or is it the way I've described the pin or the photo that I've pinned? Is it the title that I've used on the image? Like how do I get my photo in front of that potential client? Yeah. So it's kind of a multifaceted piece. So the Pinterest user mostly looks at the image. They don't really read. So if you put an image on Pinterest that maybe has a picture of a family in whatever photo session you took, you would add text overlay potentially to that image that says family photography sessions or family photography tips. Now, what's interesting is that Pinterest has a visual search recognition, so they can actually read those words on the image. So that's the number one place you want to put keywords. Number two is when you upload that image to Pinterest, there'll be a series of prompts like a title, 
a pin description. That's where you add more of those keywords in very natural sounding ways. And Pinterest will read those to match up the searches of what people are doing. So anytime on Pinterest, when you have an opportunity to fill out a field with keywords, you should always do it. Got it. Okay. And do users read those descriptions or is that really just for Pinterest and to get my, my pin ranking? Yeah, it's mostly just for Pinterest and to get the pin ranking. If you look at the Pinterest on your app, and we actually tell all people who are thinking about using Pinterest for business, before you do that, look at the app on your phone and just see what it looks like. Spend 30 minutes just playing with it. And what you'll see is you really only see the image. You might click on that image and it expands, but you're really not going to read much more. So it's really just for the algorithm that those words are there. Okay. So what then gets someone to click through from Pinterest to my website or to a landing page or somewhere else I want to take them? Yeah. So it's very, it's kind of like a teaser. So there's a few different types of pin formats on Pinterest. There's what we call a standard pin. There's a video pin and there's one thing called the idea pin. Now an idea pin actually doesn't have an outbound link. So we're going to set that aside for a minute, but let's take something like a standard pin. If you were to post an image with 10 tips for hiring a wedding photographer, that image can be linked to that post on your website. And then they click on that to go to learn more. That's a very natural habit for somebody on Pinterest. Or they'll save it for later because they don't have time to read it just yet. So that's traditionally how we get people to move from an image to a website to learn more about you. Got it. Okay. So that will be standard practice for every image that I post to Pinterest? Yes, correct. You never want to post an image to Pinterest without a link to the destination. Okay. All right. And (laughs) I know I'm jumping a little bit all over the place here. No, I love it. Okay, cool. So do I only do this with the images that I create or am I collating images from other people as well into my profile? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. We recommend that you only do images that are yours and that lead to your profile. And it's not that it's against you being able to pin other people's images. You certainly can't pin other people's images and then link it back to your website. That's not a good thing to do. But there really is no advantage of sharing other people's stuff to your boards. So you really just want to see your Pinterest profile as kind of a lookbook of what you do. And it's put into these different buckets that you have or categories. You might have five or so boards that showcase what it is you offer, what it is you do, or tips that you have for people who are looking to hire a photographer. Okay. So what about the listener who is already somewhat invested in Pinterest? You know, they've got their own inspiration boards and things that they are attracted to, you know, whether that's their own, um, that could be house design things or clothing or even photography related stuff. Are their boards hidden from other users? Yes. So a lot of times a business user like myself, I don't want to log in and out of a personal account and a business account. So what I'll do is I'll hide several boards that I would call personal. Those are things that I just use for myself and those are hidden. I can use those for whatever purpose I want. I probably have actually like 40 of them that you would not know are there. But yeah, you can do hidden boards and public boards. Okay. So if I go to your account, you're collating that or putting that together like you would your Instagram feed, your Facebook business page feed, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's a little bit different in the sense that we're looking at it again. Let's take that example of keywords. So if we're taking the family photography tips kind of idea, you would have a board name, family photography tips, and you put everything that applies to that topic inside that board. So then when people come to my Pinterest profile, they're seeing those boards, family photography tips, or whatever else type of photography that you do. And then they can look through those things. So it's a little less curated in the look like we see on Instagram and more curated by keyword and how we're going to help people find us. A little bit like Google SEO, we're telling Pinterest what it is that we talk about and how we can show up for people. Got it. Got it. Okay. So with let's say we have the family photography tips board and we've got a series of our images in there. Is that when you said or earlier you talked about actually having copy on the image? Would we put our tips onto the copy or would we say, you know, click here to, you know, to read the blog post? Yeah, you would do a call to action that would say learn more or get the tips. You don't want to add too much to an image because the general size is two to three, 1000 by 1500. And you don't want to have too much because then people won't actually click over because you've just given them all the tips. So you want to just let them know what they're going to find on the other side when they click, and then they can read the tips on your website by a little call to action that says learn more. Okay. So Pinterest, you know, it sounds so different to Facebook in that regard, Like they're quite happy for you to take people from their platform to your website. I don't know if they would call it quite happy, but they're actually making some changes to a little bit truncate this by adding what I referenced earlier, the idea pins that don't link. And this is primarily because they want more advertisers on the platform. And the advantage that Facebook or Instagram has is that people never leave the platform or very rarely. Whereas on Pinterest, you're right, their ecosystem is to leave. So Pinterest is trying to bring a little bit more variety in there, a little bit of the TikTok style videos or the Instagram reels. That's very similar to what an idea pin is. And so people will watch those and stick around on the platform longer. But yeah, for the most part, people tend to leave the platform to go find information. Okay. All right. So I've just clicked on one of your pins and you know the one I clicked on was why you need a business coach. And so it's a, it's a photo there of two women chatting. Is that you in the photo? It's probably you. I, it might be. I have to look at which one it is, but there's a very good chance. Okay. So it looks like you're chatting to a coaching client. So now I can actually see the copy next to that pin. And there's also a more button so I can read that. So that pin, it looks like I can't actually go anywhere, but underneath it, there's a whole lot of other images, other pins, but not only from you. Yes, exactly. So what Pinterest does is when you click on an image, this is kind of a little hack too, is when you click on an image, what you'll see is more like this. And what Pinterest is matching is both the image as well as the keywords that are on that particular image. So what I would imagine without looking at it would be there is potentially coaching or there's women. They're trying to match it up so that this is what we refer to as a Pinterest like black hole. People keep scrolling. They keep sticking around because Pinterest has said, here's more like this. Got it. Okay. And that's exactly what I'm seeing. Women, coaching. There's actually some more of your pins there as well, as well as other people. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then I can also see that there's a link. Uh, there is actually a link on your photo when I bring my cursor over it and it takes me to your website. Yes. Kate Alden. 
Yeah. So we have another website too, Simple Pin Media. So that one, if you went to that profile, what you would see at the top that we haven't done on the other kdoll.com is those idea pins. And those, when you click on them, they don't link. They go more into like a storyboard style of pin. Got it. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's changed so much over the years because when I did my first interview with a Pinterest expert, I think it was eight years ago, a lot of this wasn't even around then. Yes. It has changed quite a bit over the last two to three years for sure. Okay. So is it worth spending the time to get in front of clients on Pinterest? You know, that's such a great question. And one of the things we often tell people is that we look at all these different platforms that we have as options and we see them each with a different purpose. And so Instagram has a purpose, Pinterest has a purpose and TikTok and then SEO. What we see with Pinterest still with the amount of traffic driving that it can bring to your website, we find that it still provides way more than something like an Instagram. Somebody with a ton of followers on Instagram, ton of engagement, their traffic is about 1.5 to 2% to their website. Whereas somebody using Pinterest, probably way less time, can be between 20 and 30% of their traffic. So it all goes back to what you're using the platform for, like what you're hoping to accomplish and how it's like a bicycle. You know, we have all these different spokes. Each one has a purpose. So we do see Pinterest serving that purpose of brand recognition, brand awareness, and really very closely aligning with Google and SEO. Okay. So for you you know, and your business, do you still have a presence on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, or do you go all in on Pinterest and SEO? You know, what we do is actually we do have Instagram and we do have Pinterest and we do have SEO. So we take all of ours and we say Google is our number one. Pinterest is our second. Instagram is really hardly not a traffic driver for us, but it's more of a connector and awareness builder. We're just starting with TikTok and then YouTube is our education channel. It's really where people are learning the how-tos from us. So we would take Pinterest, YouTube, and Google and put those in the very informative bucket. And we would take TikTok and Instagram. We don't really use Facebook. And we would put those in the connect with us bucket. So yeah, we utilize all of them pretty strategically and try to point every single person to getting on our email list. Okay. So that means you're using all those different platforms really to take people back to either a landing page or to your homepage on your website. Yes, correct. Or to specific tools we think that that particular user is interested in. Say if it's how to upload video to Pinterest, we might give them a tutorial or a download that helps them learn how to do that or how to master video or even a resources section about how to get good at video on Pinterest. Okay, so with that example, would you take someone from Pinterest that's interested in learning how to use video in Pinterest to a blog post about that or to a YouTube video? Yeah, we would take them to a blog post, but we actually do have a YouTube video embedded in that particular blog post as well. Okay, so the website is king and we're trying to drive traffic back to that website where you're going to have lead magnets and opt-in options. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay. Just so I can get a better handle on things and sort of take this in the right direction. What about paid ads in Pinterest? Good idea or bad? Yeah, they are a great idea if you know exactly what you're doing. So not meaning exactly what you're doing as far as Pinterest ad, but meaning exactly what your goal is. I should have phrased that a little better. So some people will come to us and say, should I run Pinterest ads just simply for traffic? And our answer would always be no. 
But if you have a specific conversion, whether it's getting people to buy a product, whether digital or physical, or getting people on your email list, it's absolutely a good idea. In fact, we're ramping up our Pinterest ads now again as we go into a campaign to get people into our membership. So it is definitely a good idea to use them. You just want to know the purpose and really thinking through your end user on Pinterest and how you want to connect with them. A lot of people will just put money behind it, but they don't really have a real purpose or a real reason why they're doing it. God, okay. So with photographers, a lot of photographers, a lot of listeners will be utilizing Facebook ads to say, for example, run a giveaway mm. and we're trying to generate leads through Facebook. So we're going to offer a free session to, let's say to families, but what we're looking to do is once we deliver that family session and a fantastic experience, yes, the family gets one photo, but because they enjoy the experience and they can see these other amazing photos, they're going to want to buy more. Right. So could I run an ad campaign like that on Pinterest? No, I really wouldn't do that. Um, you can target locally, but we haven't seen it be super successful just yet because Pinterest is so national and global that you just don't know who it is that's going to be engaging with your ad quite yet. It's not as smart as Facebook. I think that's important to point out. They're probably two to three years behind in the ad targeting. They're getting better, but I would say you're going to do it more broadly, especially if you know you potentially work with people who are willing to travel to utilize your services, or you're willing to travel to have people fly you anywhere, whether maybe a wedding or a destination photographer. But it's not, I would say, the platform that is very effective for local unless you have an element that you can either teach online or do a course or help equip them with a consult online or whatever it might be. But we tell people to really think that through before diving into anything that would target somebody locally. Okay. So if I live in say Hawaii and I'm a family photographer there and I know that people are coming to Hawaii for holidays and it could be beneficial. Yes, definitely. Especially a lot of people who are going on vacation, they're always looking for location tips, location photographers. They'll definitely gather that. And like I said, it'll be three to six months before they actually get there. So they're saving a lot of that information so they can take action two to three weeks before. Got it. Okay. So what about, you know, a small town photographer that, you know, might photograph families or kids or pets or weddings? Are we better off staying away from ads on the Pinterest platform and just utilizing it to try and get in front of local people organically? Yes, I would say that for sure. I wouldn't advise yet to lean into ads in that small town, but I would definitely do it to build up some organic, build up some awareness for sure would go that route. Okay. So I'm going to focus more on the organic stuff then with you, but for the listener, if there's a listener tuning in and hearing what you've said and they're a destination photographer or they live in a destination where coming to them, can you help them with like, what should they do next as far as working with you? Can you help them with that? Yes. We have two options. We have a membership where we teach you all about how to do Pinterest ads and you can run them on your own. It's pretty low cost. And then we can also manage them for you. You meet with our promoted pins director, that's Pinterest ads. They connect with you, set up the campaign, and then off you go. Nice. Okay. So that's going to be more specifically for destination type business. Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. Okay. And then what about, let's say with organic, 
let's say I live in my small town and it's, it's not a popular place for people to come on holidays, um, but, you know, there's a great community and uh, I serve them and I want to get in front of more of them. Do I do that purely with keywords and titles of my pins? Yes, I would definitely be very specific on putting your location in every single place that you can. Titles on pins, even in your board names, your board descriptions and your pin descriptions. So if your town is awesome town, you would put that on literally everything because then when somebody searches, you will come up high in those searches. If somebody is looking for family photography in awesome town, that's where it would show up. Okay. So if I was going to run with the idea that you had before about family photography tips, I would have awesome town family photography tips. Yes. You can even switch up. Awesome town can be at the front or it can be at the end. It doesn't, it's not too technical with that. But I'm using it everywhere, literally. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then can I link directly to a landing page? Like, is that a good idea or am I better off linking to a homepage? Yes. That is a fantastic idea because you want to remember that the Pinterest user is coming onto your website and they have to have a connection to know that they're in the right place. So if they link to a landing page that's really closely tied to whatever was on the image, then they will know, oh, I'm in the right place. And so that's why we make sure wherever you're leading them, don't always do it to the homepage because then people don't know what to do next. Be very clear on the pathway you want them to go down. Okay. And then if you've got extra tips, additional tips, you're going to have an opt-in. You would have that then on the landing page. You can't do that directly from Pinterest. Yeah. So if I was going to have like a tips roundup or something like that, and maybe it's something I wanted to get their email for, then I wouldn't put them on the page. I would definitely give maybe like one or two. And then if you want more, sign up for my email list. Got it. Okay. And what about, what about actually getting seen on Pinterest, like having your pin stand out? Cause like, again, I'm looking at in Pinterest right now and everything is very uniform. Everything looks beautiful on here. Whereas when I sort of like I said, talked about it eight years ago, people were doing tricky things like having super long pins. Yeah. Um, That's all gone, has it? It is all gone. Yeah. Pinterest called them giraffe pins. And they (laughs) said, you can't do that anymore because people would do pins that were like 400 by 3000 or 4000. And they would take up a huge part of the screen. They've now made it uniform. It's either a square, a one-to-one or the two to three. And so, yeah, it does look very uniform. There's a lot of white space. What I would recommend is doing a search with a keyword around what it is you're going to be talking about or what it is you want to pin about and see what those pins look like. Because the home feed that you have, the smart feed, it's curated to things that maybe you've pinned before or people you follow. It might kind of all look the same because it's all around the same topic because you're interested in that. So just play around on your phone. Definitely do it on your phone because it's sometimes harder to see the words. So you'll know what not to do. So check it out and just see what the search feeds look like with specific keywords and then what your home feed looks like too. Okay. All right. So I haven't got my phone in front of me at the moment. I've only got my, my computer. So I've just searched family photography. And the very first pin that comes up is digital photography school. So is that an ad? Does Pinterest tell me if it's an ad? Yeah, it should be right below. I'm actually going to do a little trick while we're talking. I know we're in different countries, but I still want to see if I get some of the same things that you get as well. Um, You did family photography? Yes. 
Okay, let's see. So this one's not an ad. It looks like it just says uh, profiles you might love and then it has digital photography school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they'll do that as well as they'll have profiles that they will want you to follow. They're testing out different things on the platform right now. But what you can see if it is a promoted pin, what it says is promoted right underneath when you search. And surprisingly, I have hardly any coming up in my feed today, which is interesting. But sometimes, let me go back to my home feed really quickly. So I've got an ad. I do have an ad in the first row and it's for Sellies, like home repair type products. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I've just redone our shower. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. So I got two in my main feed and it says promoted by. So that'll be in bold letters. And that's how you can tell that it's promoted. And they really wanted to make it difficult to know if it was an ad or not. They wanted ads to feel very native to the platform and that people would save them and click on them and they would just look like a regular pin. So it is a little hard to tell if you don't know that you're looking for promoted or it doesn't feel very ad-like for you to come across one. So that's how they really want to have it blend in. Okay. And they're doing it very well because I've got an ad in every row, but it's not always in the same place. And they do still look like beautiful pins apart from the Sellies one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 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 And some of them are video ads too, that will pop up as well. So you'll see some that are moving, some that are static images. There's a lot of variety. Got it. Okay. It looks so much nicer than I remember. That is for sure. Yeah. Eight years ago, it was definitely not pretty. <laughs> it really looks good. So the pins that I'm seeing now, these are pretty broad. Like you said, so the Pinterest search engine is trying to get me to click on different things to see where my interest lays. They're testing. Yes, correct. They're really trying to dial in. If you search for, and this is a really good example, back to the destination wedding photographers. So if somebody is searching for destination photographers and later on somebody posts something, maybe that's three or four months Pinterest still remembers that this person searched that destination. So if it's Hawaii, they might still populate your feed with lots of different Hawaii tips. In fact, what's funny about me just saying that I looked to the left on my feed, I went to Maui in January and I have a pin that says 20 things to do in Maui because I had saved a bunch of different pins to my secret board because I knew that we were going to Maui. So Pinterest is like, Kate is interested in Maui. We've got to make sure we tuck these here. And you can turn that off as well. In your settings, you can say, no longer show me anything about Maui. But that's really how they try to keep you engaged is by showing things that you're interested in. Got it. Pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty smart, aren't they? <laughs> what I'm really surprised is there's no, there's no crappy photos in here. It really does look beautiful. All the photos I'm seeing are are really nice. There's nothing bad in here. Yeah. How are they doing that? Because there must be, I know there's some ordinary photographers out there. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Awesome. Awesome. All right, I've got one more question for you, but before I ask you that one, Kate, where's the best place to learn more from you guys? Yeah, we have a complete wealth of information on Pinterest. If you go to simplepinmedia.com and then I am at simplepinmedia on all social channels. We also have a podcast, the Simple Pin Podcast. So if you just want to search our site for anything, we have a huge backlog of posts that can help walk you through pretty much every aspect of Pinterest. 
Unreal. And then with the podcast, is that, uh, I'm guessing it's Pinterest-based, but is it business-related or is it uh, is it interviews? Is it you giving tips and tricks? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, all Pinterest-related. And sometimes we'll do business stories of just how different business owners have grown their business, how they're leveraging Pinterest, and then any updates or any, I guess, new features that Pinterest has added and how we're approaching them. Because sometimes you approach features on Pinterest much more slowly than you would on other platforms. Got it. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to link to those and where the listener can find you in the show notes for this episode. The last question I wanted to ask you, Kate, was uh, about outsourcing because it's yeah. a big question from, uh, from a lot of photographers that have got so much on their plates, more business owners. Can you outsource you know, the work to upload to Pinterest or is it something that you're better off doing yourself? No, you absolutely can. In fact, we do that on our agency side. And I would tell people, if you're going to hire somebody to do your Pinterest management for you, they can create images for you. They can upload, they can do strategy, they can do all of that. Just be really clear about what your goals are in using the platform and expectations as well. So that whoever's managing for you is very clear on that. In fact, they should ask you if they don't ask you might not be the right person for you. But you want somebody who's really going to be you on the platform and nobody would know that it's not you, which is actually much easier to do on Pinterest than it would be on, say, an Instagram. So Pinterest is one of the easier ones to outsource to people. That is cool to hear. Okay. And you could even outsource just, you know, the adding the copy to the images and things like that. Yes. You know, using Canva, couldn't you? Like little simple things. Correct. We have a lot of clients who really want to be in control of their aesthetic. So they will actually make all of their images and then we just grab them and then we put them on the platform. We have the keywords, we do the timing, we do the scheduling, we take care of strategy and reporting and analytics and all those kinds of things. And then we have some clients who really don't care about what their images look like. I mean, obviously they have brand colors, brand awareness, but they want somebody else to do it because it's not their first skill. It's not mine. So I definitely hire out creation of all of my images to my team because I'm not good at it. I'm actually really horrible at it. So <laughs> I don't believe it. I can write great things. I can create great content and podcasts, but it takes me 1 million hours to create one Pinterest image. So I just choose that my time is better spent writing podcasts and doing ones like these. Perfect. Perfect. Kate, you have been incredible. I feel like I've absolutely hammered you (laughs) (laughs) at the finish. It was good. Good. Look, again, Kate, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have. I'm going to add links to anywhere and everywhere the listener can find you online. Again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. Yeah, you're so welcome. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Kate all as much as I did. Kate, if you are listening again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have and for happily going along with my machine gun fire questions for you today. (laughs) You really are a gem. And again, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Kate had to share today. If you are looking to learn more from Kate, I've got links to anything and everything that she shared in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 464. Now, in addition to the links and information there, there is a comments area at the very bottom. So if you do have a follow-up question for Kate, you can hit her up there. If you are a PhotobizX premium member, I'll be adding Kate into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there. If you have a follow-up question, maybe you want to clarify something, get some more details about her programs, whatever it may be, 
you can hit her up inside the members Facebook group. And I'd love to hear, is Pinterest something that you are already using in your business? Have you used it with success? Are you thinking about using Pinterest after hearing what Kate had to share? Honestly, I would really love to hear your thoughts on the platform. Or do you think it's just not something that's going to be great for photographers? Let me know your thoughts. Again, inside the members group in the comments area, shoot me an email. And also, if you'd like to hear a similar kind of interview for other platforms like Instagram, TikTok, or something else, that has your interest. Let me know because I always want to be producing content, interviews, episodes that are tailored for you and your photography business. And I can do that more easily if you let me know what you're after. It's shout out time. I've got one big shout out for today's episode. And this one goes to Florida family photographer, Michelle Tricker, who, funnily enough, was interviewed on the podcast only a few months ago. She's based in the US, and she left a lovely five-star rating and a review inside Apple Podcasts. She says, I don't know what other accolades I can add that haven't already been established from other equally as impressed listeners who clearly value PhotoBizX. She goes on to say some other lovely things, and I just want to say, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that rating and review. It does help other photographers find the podcast. And for you and the listener, my little way to show my appreciation for taking the time to leave a rating and review for the podcast is to add a link back to your website using a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for. So I've done exactly that for you, Michelle. For you, the listener, if you haven't left an honest rating and review for the podcast, you can do that in Apple Podcasts, in Google by just going to photobizx.com forward slash Google. Let me know that you've done that. And you can also do it wherever you listen to the podcast. If your podcast app supports ratings and reviews, let me know you've done that. Let me know a URL that you'd like me to link to, like Michelle has, and a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for. And I'll be sure to add that link from the show notes back to your website to help you with your SEO. Again, it's my little way to show my appreciation for you taking the time to leave those reviews. That is just about going to wrap up today's episode of the podcast. If you do have access to the Profitable Photography Book Projects course with Katie Kollenberg, you'll be happy to know I just recorded a Q&A with her. I'll be making that available to you pretty shortly once it gets edited. And also, if you check out the book course on the photobizx.com website, I've updated, well, Katie has sent me an updated version of the workflow. So jump in and check that out. She's expanded on some things. She's made some things a little clearer and more easy to understand. And we'll be covering that and more in that Q&A that I'll make available to you as soon as I can. Other than that, you'll be happy to know I've got some exciting things coming up in the near future. I'm in talks with another photographer who is very successfully utilizing Facebook ads in their own unique way. We're looking at putting together a live presentation for you in the coming months on that one. I've got some fabulous interviews coming up with some incredible guests, so much in the works and so much to look forward to. Until then, have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy and well and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.